Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Houston North. The Kadesh Family Church, Houston North, is part of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Reverend Teoku this morning, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for what we have been able to give this morning. We thank you for the blessing of this new day. We thank you that, Father, you are with us. You've touched our lives. You've made everything brand new. We ask that, Lord, you be present with us in our service today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God, God is for us. He will go before, he will never leave us, he will never leave us, God is for us, he has open arms, he will never fail us, oh yes, he will never fail God has promised he will never fail, God is with us. He will go before, he will never leave us, he will never leave us, God is for us, he has open arms, he will never fail us, he will never fail us, lifted up, he defeated the grave. To life, our God is able. In His name, we overcome. For the Lord, our God is able. Amen. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church this morning? You should be happy. This is a good place to be on a Sunday morning. Hallelujah. You've come to the house of your father and to no other person. God has a word for you today. God has a word that is going to change things for the better for you. Auntie Jessica, God is targeting you today. He has something specifically to tell you, and that's why you came, and you live with something, with a whole lot of something, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to volunteer to read Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 19. Today, I want to tell you about 10 reasons why people do not use their talents. <laughs> Ten reasons why people don't use their talents. Who's my volunteer this morning? Matthew 25, verse 14 to 19. 
Matthew 25, verse 14 to 19. Yes. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in the far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged into the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servant cometh and reckoneth with them. Amen. Amen. Now, I know this is a story you have heard many times before, isn't it? Unique, you've heard this story before. The talents. All right? Now, there's one thing I want you to notice about this story. Now... When we read this story, hear this story read, we say, all right, I know there are people who have been given talents, isn't it? Whoever these people are. <laughs> one of them was given 10, one of them was given five, and one was given one. So we've heard this story many, many times, but we just immediately think about some other people. These are the people who are given talents, isn't it? But it begins by saying, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. So the kingdom of heaven is as a man. We are part of the kingdom of heaven, which tells me that this is something that has already happened. That once you are part of the kingdom, then this story is about you. So long you understand. Many times you would say the kingdom of heaven is like this, and we are the kingdom of heaven. Which means this story about these three different people or groups of people is a story about us. So if the Bible is saying that to one was given five to one was given two, and to one was given one. That means it's about us. Am I the one who was given five? Am I the one who was given two? Am I the one who was given one? Or was I the one who was given whatever number of talents, isn't it? So when we think and talk about talents, we think about somebody who is super gifted, isn't it? Who has a fantastic gift, isn't it? No, but I dare say, and I was thinking about it this morning, that perhaps... A talent is anything that has been placed in your hands. And then what it becomes is up to you. Look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. This is when God had called Moses. We all know the story of Moses, isn't it? And we know that God was about to do many great things through the hands of Moses or through Moses leading his people. You know, but it says, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. They will not listen to me. They will say, the Lord has not appeared unto thee. And then look at what God says in verse 2 to Moses, which is what he says to all of us. And the Lord said unto him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. Give me another version. What is that in your hand? A staff. Then the Lord said to Moses, what is that in your hand, all right? So God is asking us the same question. What is that in your hand? Do you know what he had in his hand? He had an, some other versions like the New Living Translation, I believe, says, I have a shepherd's staff. Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, isn't it? When God called him, and he said, I haven't done this before. He said, I should go and deliver this whole nation of yours. That's not what I am experienced in. The only thing I have in my hands is from the work I've been doing, which is a shepherd's staff. And God said, that is enough. 
you know how to use a shepherd's staff, what you know to use, I'm actually going to get you to use it to do many great things. Amen. And that was the beginning of miracles Amen. in the life of Moses. When you look at verse 3, God said, throw it to the ground, isn't it? And then it turned into a snake. It says, so Moses wasn't, what, didn't realize that what he had in his, in his hand was capable of many great things. He said, throw it down the ground. He threw it down and it became a snake. Moses was terrified. So he turned and ran away because it was going to become important. Because in Pharaoh's palace, they had many magicians. They were just used to doing a lot of magic. <laughs> so you had to, because in other words, was asked, because what he had asked in verse 1 was, who was, who was going to believe that you are the one who sent me? God Almighty. In actual fact, when later, um, Moses would appear before Pharaoh, and he said, he said, who sent you? He said, God. He said, which are the gods? <laughs> because they were accustomed to so many gods, isn't it? They had the God of the sun. They had the God of the sun. like, which of these gods sent you? You see, they believed in the power of whatever deity was behind you and backing you. So God even had to start. And you remember the story. How, how many of you have watched the Ten Commandments? Ten Commandments before. It's a movie. It's a very long movie. Xavier, Xavier, have you watched Ten Commandments? Okay, so I want everybody to go and watch the Ten Commandments. It's a very long movie. It's a couple of hours long, all right? Get some popcorn and watch the Ten Commandments because it's very, very long. But I think it's one of the best uh, reenactments of a Bible story that has been put into film. Yeah, the Ten Commandments. Go and watch it, all right? It's a very old movie, but it's very, very insightful, all right? So he said, they won't believe me. How are they going to believe? You can show that you are backed by power, all right? So verse 3, he said, throw it to the ground. So Moses threw it down, and it became a snake. Moses was terrified, so he turned, and he ran away. He said, wow, is this the power in this staff that I'm holding? Remember, it, it began with a simple question, what is it that you have in your hand? I can use it. Verse 4. Then the Lord said, take hold of it still. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and he became a shepherd's, shepherd's staff again. Amen. Amen. So this is the staff by which he performed the ten plagues. This is the same staff by which he parted the Red Sea. This is the same staff by which he was able to give water to the thirsty Israelites in the desert. God is asking you, what do you have in your hands? When we talk about a talent, it's something that's being placed in your hands. God has put something in your hands, whatever it is. You have to now think about what you can turn it into. Look at Matthew chapter 14. How do you know the story of the feeding of the 5,000? How did this story start? Jesus had been preaching, verse 19, and um, the people were hungry, all right? Then Jesus told the people to sit down. Now, we all... Um, say that th there must have been a miracle of multiplication, isn't it? Because Vera, Jesus started with what? Two loaves and five fish. Or was it five loaves and two fish? <laughs> there were loaves and there were fish. <laughs> Auntie Barbara, that, that doesn't sound like a balanced diet. The, the proportion of vitamins, um, protein to carbohydrates. It's a keto diet. <laughs> Modified keto diet. So was it more carbs or more protein? More carbs. Five loaves and three fish, whatever it was. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it ended up feeding 5,000, isn't it? And the Bible says, not even counting women. And the Bible says that after they were fed, they gathered 12 baskets of just leftovers 
all right? Extra, all right? But what I'm saying is there was a miracle of what? Multiplication. There must have had to be. But where and how and when did this miracle happen? He took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and asked God's blessings on the food. Breaking the loaves, how many loaves? Five loaves into pieces. He gave some of the bread and fish to who? To each disciple. And the disciples gave them to how many people? 5,000 people. So where do you think this miracle happened? In the hands of the disciples. Perhaps. Perhaps. Because Jesus, the Bible doesn't tell us that Jesus was going around feeding the people. The only thing he did was to receive... The five loaves and two fish, the modified keto diet. (laughs) And he just gave thanks to God for it. And he just called the disciples and said, this is what I have. But somehow, a miracle had to happen. And it must have happened when, from the disciples' hands, they were giving it to the people. Clap for Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we are talking about why people don't use their talents. Because people don't realize that, that they have something. That they have something. All right. The other day, I got to the office, and a lady, an older lady, came to me and said, do you sing? And I said, I was wondering why she was asking the question. I said, yes, I sing. She said, do you sing bass or baritone? I said, okay. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> you know. And I said, I sing. Because the, the last time I sang in a the choir, there wasn't, they, they had eliminated bass even. There's only treble, alto, and tenor. Tenor these days. Soprano is the same as alto, I think. Or oh, is it? No. Treble and? Soprano. Okay. <laughs> and alto. Is soprano? Alto. Okay. All right. So they're asking me, do I sing? I said, yes, I sing. Then later on, someone else came to, the, um, came to see me and said, can you say these words for us? And I said, what words? They said, it's words that are on a commercial on TV. I said, hey, where is this going? You see? And then when I said it, everybody started clapping. They said, we said it. <laughs> so what was happening? They had been discussing my voice. They said they liked the sound of my voice. They said I had a deep, metallic voice. <laughs> that, that ran, they, they gave me the name of a gentleman. I forgot the name of this guy. Um, James L. Jones. They said, he said, and this is CNN. They said... They said, can you say for us, and this is CNN. I said, they said, yay. <laughs> they said, wow, you have the voice. So I am just speaking at home, not knowing I have a million-dollar voice. <laughs> My wife only knows a voice I proposed to her. <laughs> but she doesn't know that this voice can make millions. <laughs> if this voice proposes to you, do you have any choice but to say yes? I think this is a voice can even melt you down, all right? <laughs> all right. So God has given to everyone something. Amen. Amen. God has given to everybody something to do. Max, Max, so you, you understand what I'm saying? God has given to everybody something, something. Amen. Amen. Do you know where on this earth you can find the highest concentration of talent per square foot? Who can tell me? Cemetery. Cemetery. Amen. 
somebody said, if you go to the cemetery, clap for Solomon, right? Because when you go to the cemetery, what you find is many people who left this world without using their talents. A lot of unused potential, unfortunately, has been buried beneath the ground. Make sure you don't leave this world not using what God has given to you to do, all right? Yeah. So the first um, 10 reasons, we're going to get through it. The first reason why people don't use their talents is fear. Amen. Why do I say that? Because in Matthew chapter 25, verse 25, all right? What did the man say? And I was afraid. And I was afraid. And that's why we stopped our reading in verse 19. Um, can you continue reading from verse 20, please? It says um, in verse 19, and he reckoneth with them. He came to reckon with them. Can you continue from verse 20? Chapter 25, verse 20. Yeah. It says, And so he that had received five talents came and brought over five talents, saying, Lord, thou dividest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. Yes. 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of, the, of thy Lord. Verse 22. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talents in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Amen. Amen. So the one who was given one talent, what did he say? He said, I was afraid. So the first reason why we don't use our talents is because a lot of times we are scared, you see. Let me say that it's probably only natural for you to be scared of doing something you haven't done before because you don't know what the outcome will and can be, isn't it? Yeah. So you have two options, either to move forward or not to do anything at all, all right? So the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear can be a spirit, or it can affect you spiritually in that it will paralyze you into inactivity. That means it gets you to do nothing. You are scared. Should I? Should I not? So everything we are saying is about our lives as Christians, our ministries, but it equally applies to most things in your life. You know, that if you even want to be a business person, you can say, I am scared. What about if nobody buys my stuff, isn't it? What about if I stock up on what? What do you want to stock up on? Ramen noodles? And the students don't come and buy from my shop? <laughs> you can be scared, you see, and then fear will just get you to do nothing. Amen. So fear is actually one of the greatest forces that keeps people from taking 
up their talents and using them. It wasn't that he had not been given anything, but he was scared to use what he had been given. Amen. Because nothing, nothing's to say that the one who had been given 10 and the one who was given 5 were not scared. They probably could have been scared. Sometimes you see someone who has achieved great things, and you think that what they are doing is just natural to them. But what you don't probably know is that the person has had to overcome many fears, or the person has had to decide to move forward despite their fears. Amen. Amen. You know, in the book, many are called, Bishop Dodd talks about, Bishop Dodd, the own side of this church, about the beginnings of this church, that he was scared to start. He was very, very, very scared to start. You know, he had a lot of fear because he had not done it before. And besides, he was having to decide to leave being a medical doctor to start a church. How weird is that? <laughs> and then he was wondering, are people going to be laughing at me and say it did not work out? And even his assistant, Bishop Saki, said, you know what? Let's move outside the city to a little town, a little known town, so that just in case this thing doesn't work out, we can <laughs> quietly, isn't it? We can quietly just go about or go on as though nothing happened, or as though we didn't try to do anything. Amen. But he said he had to put aside his fear and start the church from scratch. Amen. No, he, also, he said he also had fears about leaving his profession altogether, as in working and then deciding to be a full-time minister. Where will you go? Who will take care of you? Who will take care of your family? Who will take care of your kids? Who will feed you? Where will they go to school? So many questions, isn't it? But you have to overcome those many different questions and fears in order to move forward. Amen. Amen. And then he said he wanted to pray for the sick. But what about, what if I say I'm having a miracle service? You see, you see somebody doing great things, but you have to know that the beginnings of many great things had to start somewhere. And it had to start from someone not being sure about what they were doing, but deciding to move ahead regardless. All right? Because you say you want to pray for people to be well on a very large scale. All right. <laughs> so he's, he said what he wanted to do was to start in his own little church. Own little church. He said, I'm praying for all the sick. Anybody here? You know, then after that, it's one thing to say you're praying for people who are sick. It's another thing after you are praying to say, okay, anyone who, has, who is healed, come forward and testify to what God has done for you. Then you are waiting. <laughs> He said one of the first people who stepped forward was someone who said he had a headache, and that his headache is gone. So, mm. <laughs> you know, but you have to believe that the headache is a miracle. Because the person who said, I had a headache and it's gone, said, I'm healed. You know? <laughs> so he said, wow, this thing is working somehow. And then he said, let me go and do this same thing in someone else's church. But he said when he was about to do that, the devil said, don't go and make a fool of yourself. You think the people in the other church have been hypnotized like you have done to the people in your church? He said, it will not work. So all the while he said he was preaching, he was just wondering whether at the end of the service he's going to say, I'm going to pray for the sick. He said he was really, really, really shaking and trembling. But he said, I'm going to move forward with this. And it worked. Amen. Amen. People were healed. And then it happened again when he left the country. Anytime you want to take the next step, the devil is going to want you to be very, very, very scared of what you want to do. Amen. All right. Amen. And then he spoke about even in writing these books, 
he said he believed that God wanted him to write books. But he said, I haven't written a book before, all right? Who is going to read my books? <laughs> I'm not a known author. So I was at the launch of his uh, very first set of 10 books that he wrote. Yeah, I was there. They were very, very little, tiny books. He said that he double-spaced all the sentences. <laughs> and let a lot, I mean, he said, I have to make this, and a lot of the early messages were just transcriptions of his sermons. He just, he, he said, I haven't written a book before, but I believe God wants me to, to do this. Yeah, so he said, I just, he found someone, just transcribed 10 of my messages, and we'll turn them into books. Then he got um, born again, and bearing fruit after your own kind, and Frugality and the strange woman, all these, the initial books, that's how they were written. But today, look, millions and millions of books in print. Amen. But if he had been paralyzed by his fear, he would not have moved forward. Amen. The same thing applied to the Crusades. Everything has a beginning and everything has a start. You have to find a way of going beyond what you're scared of doing and do it so God can bless you. Amen. Second reason why people do not use their gifts is that they hide their gifts. Amen. They hide it. Matthew chapter 25, verse 25. He said, And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. And I was afraid and I went and went and hid my talent. All right? So fear causes us to hide our gifts. Amen. For a lot of us, it's not that we are not capable of doing certain things, but it's just that when we come to church, we hide what we can do. And then we decide to put what we can do to use outside of church. Many of us are sitting here quietly. Like we look very tame. It's like we are very gentle. But outside church, we are not that very gentle. <laughs> yeah, if we want something, we'll go after it. No one can stop us. We'll say, let's put the Bible aside. You know, but why don't we use that same ability, that aggress aggressiveness that we have to go after souls? Yeah. We are hiding what we can do. A lot of times when you are, people go for big sporting events, big games, you don't know a lot of people who are shouting and jumping in the crowds are chief executive officers of their companies. You know, but they just set all of that aside. You know, but when you come to church just to praise God, you're standing there quietly. Yeah. There's, nothing you, there's nothing you rejoice about. You should come and see me when I watch events, even on TV that I enjoy. And my person is winning. I will stand up and jump in front of the screen. I say, do it. Go for it. Isn't it? When we come to church, all that exuberance and everything just disappears. Don't hide who you are, what you are capable of, or what you can do. All right? The guy said, I was afraid and I hid or I buried my gift. Amen. Amen. Don't be scared that someone's going to say things or criticize you, and as a result, you're not going to make known what you can do. All right? So you sing, but you sing to the wrong audience. <laughs> so you sing to an audience of one, to yourself. But you can, some of you can dance, isn't it? Some of you can dance. You see our ladies who are dancing? They are not hiding their ability to dance. You say, but what is, what, is, what is there to what they are doing? They are doing something, and they will improve as they do it more and more. That's something my mother always used to say. You learn to do by doing. When you want to 
learn to drive, you don't take a book, chapter one, the accelerator, <laughs> chapter two, the turn lights, chapter three, the re rear view mirror, chapter four, locking your door. Then when you finish chapter 24, say, I can drive now. Is that how driving works? Uh, learning to drive works. You can only learn to do it by doing it. But the first person who tried to teach me how to drive, <laughs> after a few, few minutes, first few minutes, he said, I don't know whether you'll ever be able to drive. Because I almost sent the two of us into a big truck, you know, and then I had to swear very quickly off the main highway. <laughs> All right? Number three, the third reason is in verse 24, is a fault-finding attitude. Some of us have an attitude of, of always finding fault. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man. All right? A hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. All right, so this gentleman with that one talent, he did... Nothing because he found fault with his master who had sent him. He described him as a hard man, a difficult person, who was benefiting from things that he did not deserve. All right? So people who oftentimes don't do anything, who are fruitless, who are inactive, are people who now have time to find fault with people, you see, they're analyzing people and actually fighting people, all right? Fighting the people who do things for God, unfortunately, all right? And let me tell you that it's not difficult to find fault with people. It's not difficult. <laughs> if you want to find fault with me, you might be able to. Some of you have always analyzed me. I wish he was doing this this way, isn't it? I wish he wasn't doing this so much. I wish he was drinking water while he preached. Or why, does he drink or why does he drink water while he preaches? I wish he'd stand in one place. Oh, why does he walk around when he's preaching? I wish he wouldn't call my name. Oh, why does he call my name? I wish he wouldn't use so many examples. Why does he use so many examples? You can always find fault, isn't it? If you want someone to help you find faults, I can help you. But isn't it interesting that God chose not to use angels? God chose just to use someone like you. To help someone like you. Yeah. If it, took a, if it took a perfect person to help or to do what God needed to be done, God would have sent his angels a long time ago. But God decided to find people who are full of many faults. Amen. So don't spend your time finding faults. Rather, look beyond what you perceive to be faults in people and do something. This person said, you are a hard man. What does that have to do with your, your using your talent? The time he should have used benefiting and putting his talent to work, he was rather using to find fault with his master, which is not a good thing. Amen. Amen. You always find something wrong when you look closely. All right? Yeah. People even lose their chance to be saved as Christians when they look at other people. You know, some people say, I, I won't go to this church. Look, look at what the people in this church are doing. People in the church will always be faulty, <laughs> if that's a word to use. You always find fault with Christians. So don't let that be your reason for staying away from church. A lot of people like to say the people who go to church are hypocrites. They don't do what they preach. They don't practice what they preach. Yes, they'll be like that. But that shouldn't be your reason for staying away. Amen. Yeah. Don't say the preachers are only just looking for money. 
you're always finding fault with what you see, and that will make you an unfruitful and unproductive person. Amen. Amen. So from today, stop focusing on the faults of others and focus on what you can do for God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Number four, despising the type of gift that you have. Despising the type of gift that you have. He said, if only I could. A lot of times we we often say, if only I could, isn't it? If only I could dance like Denise and Diane. But you cannot dance. So so turn your focus away from dancing. (laughs) If only I can sing. But you cannot sing. So find what you can do. Amen. Find what you can do. Sometimes you actually have to come to the pastor and say, Pastor, I have this that I can do. Can I be useful? That's what you have to be asking yourself. Amen. Amen. That's why I was very happy when Kira came forward and said, I want to be summarizing your preaching notes. I said, that's wonderful. (laughs) And then share it for... And one person said, it's very, very beneficial because I come to church every other Sunday. I mean, for, for good reason. That person has a shift every other Sunday. But she said, it really helped me to fill in the gap. So someone's putting their gift to use. So sometimes you don't even have to be way too told to do something. You should come forward and say, what can I do? I have this little thing I can do. I've done this before in the past, and I used it for this, but I think I can find good use for it in the church. So then you step forward and you suggest and you propose. He said, I want to be summarizing your notes. I said, that's a great and wonderful idea. Let's go for it. Amen. Amen. So you might not be able to sing. You might not be able to dance. But you can do something. Like God asked Moses, what is it that you have in your hands? What abilities do you have? Amen. So don't despise the type of gift that you have. Amen. So the gentleman who received one talent did not use it. He assumed that his talent would not yield much, all right? He despised it, all right? So many people think that they cannot preach well, all right? (laughs) But it doesn't matter. You don't have to be able to do something like somebody else does it. You can have your own unique, you can say, oh, I can't preach like Benny Hinn, so I don't think I can be a preacher. I can't do this like this person, so it doesn't matter. God just wants you to use the little that you have, amen? Amen. Number five, despising the smallness of your gift. So it was a type of gift, but now the smallness, all right? And I was afraid, and I hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, verse 25, perhaps the one who received one talent thought it was too small to make any significant profit. Amen. He felt it was better that he did nothing than do something, than waste his time working with only one talent. I dare say that the majority of people have maybe just a talent. Many people are not super gifted, super talented, all right? But you have something, whatever that little something it is that you can use for God. God likes it, amen. But this person was looking at what other people were doing. It appeared that they had greater, better lives, ministries, whatever. He said, what I have is insignificant. It won't amount to anything. Let me just go and hide it, you see. He said, I don't have much. All right? (laughs) So you don't despise what you have that is small. All right? Anything that is small, unfortunately, is despised. When people, that's why, unfortunately, we are always fighting. 
People despise a small house. People despise, people want to be able to say, I live in a five-bedroom house on a 10-acre plot with a what? Swimming pool. People like big cars, isn't it? Like be able to say, I have a big car. People like to be able to say, I have a big job. All right? <laughs> yeah, things that are small, unfortunately, are generally despised. But that would not be our story. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to respect small things. That's why he said the kingdom of God, like a tiny, he used the word tiny, master seed. But then he said at the end of the day, it grows into something very big. Amen. I'm going to just rush to the others. The sixth reason is overestimating your abilities. Amen. What determined what was given to each person? Because I read this story. I say, why does he give five to one, two to one, and one to the other? Doesn't it sound unfair? It does sound unfair. <laughs> Verse 15. But Jesus gave the reason why different people were given different things to do. All right? And unto one he gave five, another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability. Give me another version. All right? In proportion to his abilities, according to his ability. Amen. All right. So don't think that you are above certain things, all right? And don't feel demeaned by being asked to do certain jobs. The Bible says that God looks at you and God looks at what you can. Sometimes it's even to your benefit that you're not being given a whole lot to do, that you're not being overloaded, all right? Yes, people are capable of different things because God made us all differently, all right? So it shouldn't bother you whether you are doing this and somebody else is doing that. The seventh reason was laziness. <laughs> Verse 26 so some of us are simply lazy. That's the reason why we, we are not doing anything. We, we, we are happy to just sit back and observe and watch and do nothing. Verse 26, his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful, all right, slothful, verse 26, lazy servant, you wicked, lazy. He was described as a lazy person, all right? You cannot be lazy and do things for God. You cannot serve God by being a lazy person, all right? It's hardworking people who accomplish much for God. Amen. Amen. Number eight, not wanting to be cheated. Not wanting to be cheated. Verse 26, his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawed. All right? So if you think you are being cheated, as in why should I do all the hard work? for someone else to benefit from my work. That's what keeps people from doing a lot of things. A lot of people will only do things that bring them direct benefits. You understand? If they cannot do something for their name to be written all over it, they will not do it. If they don't donate a chair, and you don't write their name on the chair, and say donated by Solomon, you're not going to see that chair in the church. <laughs> So, so that's what the guy was saying. He said, you are there. You are the master. You, you are reaping where you have not sown. So don't think that you are doing things for your pastor's benefit. It is for your benefit. Don't think that somebody's trying to take something from you. The Bible says that the God who sees in secret will reward you out in the open. So don't be worried if people, you are not immediately acknowledged for the things that you do. 
I'm sorry when I have not mentioned your name. Why did he thank Kira and not thank me? Has he forgotten that I also came forward to do this and that? No, 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 no. <laughs> you, you, don't, so you, you're, you think you're being cheated, all right? But Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 7 says, Let this man be in you that was in Christ, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That means Jesus was the same as God in heaven. But the other day I read to you a passage from Revelations where the Bible was saying they were looking for someone who would come to earth to save man. And Jesus volunteered and said, I will go, isn't it? But Jesus said, why should I go? And then God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, are staying behind in heaven. Ah, I'll not go anywhere. <laughs> I should go and suffer on this earth with these guys who are so unthankful and grateful. They're going to beat me, um, whip me, put a um, crown of thorns on my, all these, I will not go. But the Bible said, Jesus thought in all robbery to be equal with God, all right? Don't say, I am being cheated, I am being cheated, and as a result, you don't do anything, because no one likes to be cheated, isn't it? Everyone wants to know that they are having a fair shake at everything, all right? Why should I come to church and pay 10% to the pastor to go and use the money? It's not like that. Don't say you're being cheated and therefore you don't do anything, all right? Number nine, wickedness. You're actually being wicked. The man was described as a wicked and slothful servant. Amen. A wicked person. You can be wicked for doing nothing. If you are walking by a pool, all right, and you are dressed very nicely and someone is drowning and the person is shouting for help and you just continue going where you have to go, and you don't help the person. Have you done anything wrong? What have you done wrong? You didn't put the person in the water. You didn't encourage him to go and swim when he didn't know how to swim. You know, but your problem is your inaction, that you didn't do anything. You're actually wicked by not doing anything. That's why he was told you are wicked and you are lazy. Amen. Amen. The tenth and final reason you are being spiritually unprofitable, you are being worthless, and you are being useless. Amen. Amen. Verse 28 to verse 30. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable Servant. He was described as being unprofitable. No one does anything to run at a loss. You understand? Everybody wants to see profit with what they are doing. All right? So it is with you. God wants to see some profit with you, his child. God wants to be able to say he has had some returns with you as his child. Hasn't God invested in you? Hasn't God saved you? Hasn't God washed in the blood of his son, Jesus? Hasn't God forgiven you of your past? Hasn't God given you a brand new life? All right. And then God wants you to now be a useful person in his hands. He doesn't want you to be an unuseful, unproductive, and um, unprofitable servant. Amen. All right. Sometimes there are things you cannot use. Sometimes people buy things for you that you cannot use, isn't it? Like if you buy... Shoes for me that are too tight. I'm sorry, I cannot use it. I remember mean, once somebody bought me shoes like that. It was squeezing my foot. <laughs> but I think I was in a hurry. I mean, I, I had left home before I realized it was a size too small. 
at a point, I took off the shoes. And I was walking my socks. It's happened to me once in my life. All right? So when you have something that is not useful to you, it's not a good thing. So don't be worthless and useless to God. Has God made a mistake by calling you, by saving someone like you? May it not be a mistake to God that you are his child. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. All right. So number one reason why people don't use their talents is what? Out of fear, don't be scared. Or even though, even if you are scared, do it despite the fact that you are scared. Number three is what? Number two, sorry. Hiding your gifts. Many of you have gifts that you are hiding. You are suppressing. You are keeping undercover. You don't want people to know that you can do something. Whatever you can do, that's an assignment I'm giving everybody. Go and think about what you have in your hands that you can do. And think about how you can put that to use for the church. Amen. Number three is what? Fault-finding attitude. All right? Don't spend your time pointing out the mistakes and the problems and the shortcomings and the defects of the church. All right? Help to make things better. If you think something is not okay, come and tell us how we can make it better. Amen. Number four. Despising the type of gift that you have. We know you can't dance. We know you can't sing, but you can what? Smile. So you, we just need you to smile so that we can get good pictures to take. <laughs> so you, we have to move away from you because we never get a smile where you are. We're always panning the camera away from you. All we ask from you is your smile. You know people make money from their smiles? All right, you can start making money from your smile. <laughs> All right. Uh, number five, despising the what? Smallness. All right. Number six, overestimating your ability. God knows what, why he has given what you have. Be faithful with little, and then he will give you much more. Amen. Number seven, laziness. Number eight, not wanting to be cheated. Number nine, wickedness. In, your inaction is equal to wickedness. And number ten, being spiritually unprofitable, worthless, and useless. Amen. Let us stand to our feet and let us pray. Hallelujah. I want us to say, Father, I am praying to you and I'm asking that I don't be worthless, unuseful, unprofitable in church. I am seeing now that you have certainly and definitely placed something in my hands, placed something in my life that, Lord, I can use for your kingdom. And, Lord, I'm praying that you show this to me. And, Lord, may I step out and move out. Father, despite my, my doubts and my fears and sometimes my low self-esteem and my not being sure and be uncertain about many things, but Lord, you're telling me that whatever I have and whatever you have given me, Father, you will grow and you it will be multiplied many times. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, this is our prayer, Lord. This is our prayer. This is our prayer. This is our prayer, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
oh, in the name yes. of Father, Jesus. we will not be finding fault. We will not in the name of Jesus. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. Lord, with all. All I have within me, Lord, all I have within me, I give you praise, all that I adore, all that I adore is sin. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. I give you, Lord. I give you. I give you my soul. I live for you. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way. Hallelujah. If you're here you want to pray that Jesus come into your heart, into your life. You say, Lord, I want to live for you alone. Just lift up your right hand and let me pray with you that Jesus will come and wash you clean 
in the blood of Christ that make you white as snow. You want to become a Christian, a child of God, born again. You say, God, come and forgive me of all my sins. Make me white as snow. I come today to you today, Lord. Just lift up your right hand and let me pray with you. I want us all to just hold your hands open in front of you. And let's say, Father, I thank you. Thank you. I realize, I realize that you have placed, you have placed a, lot a lot in my hands, in my hands. many different things, many, different things. Many, gifts, many gifts, many talents, many, talents. many, abilities. many abilities. Lord, Lord I want to be useful. I want to be, I want to be profitable, I want to, be profitable to, you, to you in your house, in, your house, in, this, church. in this church. Father, show me what I need to do what I need to, to do. take the next step take the next step let me overcome every fear let me overcome every fear every doubt every doubt all my insecurity all my insecurity let me not be scared anymore let me not be scared of what people will say what people will whether say. they laugh at me whether they laugh whether they ridicule me whether they ridicule whether they don't think much of me they don't think much I know that with me. you I can do all things. I can do all. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things. So Father, so Father, I pray. I pray that I put put my gifts, put my gifts and talents and talents to use to use in this church in this church to Your glory to Your glory. I thank You, Lord. I thank You, Lord. May I be faithful, Lord. May I be faithful with a little with a little that You have given to me that You've given to the Lord. The Lord, You might make it much. I thank You. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I live for you alone every breath that I take every moment I'm awake Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart I give you my soul I live for you alone Every breath that I take Every moment I'm away Is it us for me By the blood of thy covenant I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit mm. wherein there is no water. Mm. Amen. Amen. If you read from verse 9, you see he's talking about Jesus. Mm. From verse 9, 
He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a coat, a foal of an ass. Then verse 10 comes, and then verse 11. This is a powerful verse for you. Every prisoner yes. is coming out today by the blood. Amen. He says, by the blood, I have sent for thy prisoners yes, Lord. out of the pit yes, where in is no water. Yes, Lord. Your dry season is over Amen. by the blood of God. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for the bread. Yes. Your body. Yes. That is manifested. Yes. We receive the body of Jesus Christ at this time. Thank you for healing. Yes, Jesus. From every pain. Yes, Lord Jesus. Every sickness. Yes, Lord. By your stripes. Yes. We are healed. Yes, Lord. And as we partake of this, every curse every pain Amen. every diagnosis Amen. every fear Amen. every fear of death Amen. every fear of tomorrow yes. every fear of the unknown every fear of cancer every fear of bad news is broken Jesus. by the breaking of the body of Jesus yes. thank you thank you Lord thank you for healing for everybody here. in Jesus name the body of Jesus Christ the body of Jesus Christ You know, some of us are bound in a prison of sin and of wickedness. Yes, Lord. But according to Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 11, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Mm. May you escape from your pit of sin and wickedness. May you escape from your enemy. May you come out of every hole where you are hiding. Lord Jesus. May you escape from every trap where you seem to be trapped. Lord Jesus. By the blood of the covenant. By the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Now lift your hands for your blessing. May you live long. Amen. May you outlive your father and your mother. Amen. Whatever made your father die young mm. or made your mother die young mm. today, mm. may you come out of that trap in the name Amen. of Jesus. Every unfortunate death, every misfortune, that seek to possess you or entrap you by the blood of the covenant, yes, I send you out of the pit. Yes. In 
Jesus. Yeah. Whatever lid and cover has been placed over the pit so that you should not see light. I command from today begin to see light. In Jesus name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I see you climbing out. Climbing out. Climbing out. Climbing out. Let me hear your loudest amen. Amen. You are out. Amen. I declare you out of the pit. Amen. You cannot die in an accident this year. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Chariots and horses are prepared. Yes. But safety belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Any intended accident to throw you away so that your body will be picked out of a rabbit's dam. In the name of Jesus, I cancel that accident now in Jesus' name. As you are partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus, receive an impartation of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. As Jesus could not be on admission in any hospital, no Jesus. I declare no one can fix a drip on you. In the name of Jesus. No one can admit you to any hospital. In the name of Jesus. No doctor can declare that you must Jesus. be on admission. In the, in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are free from diagnosis of health. Put your hand on your stomach. Be healed of cancer. In Jesus' name. Cancer of the stomach. Cancer of the kidney. Cancer of the pancreas. Jesus. Cancer of the eyes. Jesus. Cancer of the bones. Jesus. Cancer of the liver. Jesus. Cancer of the blood. Yes. Cancer of any part of In your the body. Name of Jesus. Cancer of the breast. Amen. Cancer of the prostate. Yes, Lord. Be healed of it. I am healed. I block it now in, in Jesus', Jesus name. name. It will never will never be associated with you in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus amen hallelujah thank you Lord whatever human hands cannot do may the Lord do it for you today. in the name of Jesus anyone that is down down mm. be up today in Jesus name by the blood yes Yes. Of Jesus Christ. Yes. Be healed and be blessed. Yes. Let me hear your loudest hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Please take your seats. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to take our second offering for some of our first offerings. We hope you have been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on our social media handles at QFC Houston North. Speak the word, speak the word, speak the word.